Well, hey guys, thanks so much for tuning into the Harbor Teaching Podcast. We hope that the messages you will hear are both uplifting and challenging. And now, welcome to the Harbor. Um, Hey, if you have your Bibles, why don't you go ahead and grab them and turn with me to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. And um, while you're turning there, first and foremost, I want to say that if you are new or just kind of rolling out and checking out our community, I want to say that I'm really glad that you are here. And uh, one of our goals, and we've been doing this actually for the last eight years at the Harbor, and one of our goals is uh, that we really believe that Um, We believe in this generation. We believe that God is doing amazing things in your lives, and God wants to do amazing things in your life. And so uh, we just want to talk about Scripture. We want to talk about what God uh, wants to teach us, and we want to introduce you to that and also help connect you to community. And we really believe that uh, being connected to a group of people who are following Jesus can be one of the best and most life-changing things. And so we want to do those two things, introduce you to Scripture and to the teachings of Jesus as well as uh, to the community of Jesus. And so that's why we're here. That's why we do what we do. Um, This week, we are actually in part two of a series on the Sabbath. Now, Sabbath is kind of a a big word. It can be maybe a scary word if you're not used to church or you're not used to the things of God. And so don't worry. Uh, I'm going to be walking us through everything. And that's actually a really, really beautiful thing. Uh, But uh, I will also be catching everybody up. So if you missed last week, it's all good. You're going to get a recap. But I was thinking um, just kind of to open uh, as a way of an illustration to get our minds thinking about Sabbath. Um, we have outside of this building, we have a speed bump, okay? It's a speed bump. Uh, I don't like speed bumps, and I don't like, like, there's kind of two types of people. There's people who are like rule followers, and you're like, the traffic signs and the traffic laws are our friends, and they help protect us and keep us safe. And there's people like me who are like, kind of insulted that anyone would put up any traffic signs. Like, we can figure it out. Come on, it's fine. Um, But speed bumps specifically, I think, are like a little bit insulting um, because speed bumps literally tell you, like, we don't trust your driving. Like, we don't think that you're going to have the wisdom to make the correct decision about your speed, and so we are forcing you to make a decision. Um, literally, a speed bump says, uh, you're not wise enough to know when to slow down on your own. And um, probably that's true. That's why, like, uh, we have speed limits in, in neighborhoods. I remember when I was a kid, uh, when I first got my license, I had a little red um, convertible. It was a little red Toyota Celica. Um, and it was uh, 1989, which was also the year that, that I was born. Um, and so I was driving that thing around like as fast as I could drive it around. And I remember one day I was driving through a neighborhood. And I honestly wasn't that like reckless or crazy of a teenage driver. But I just was driving through a neighborhood where I knew there was no cops. And I was like, I'm going to go as fast as I could. And so I was just gunning it. And this dad, like he like walks out and he's like, slow down is what he said. And I just gave him a big like thumbs up like this. Like I was so sarcastic about it. Fast forward, I am now the dad. And like when people go through my lawn, I'm just like, what are you doing? I have two children here. You need to be responsible. Like I'm like that guy now. Literally, I'm like walking past cars like, come on, guys, giving them mean looks. And so, but like speed limit, speed bumps, they do say like, we as humans don't know when to slow down. And in a way, the Sabbath is kind of like this. God designed this system God designed this rhythm in our life, and and he kind of is communicating to us, like, left to our own devices, 
we're going to go too fast. We're going to push too hard. We're, we're going to fly too close to the sun. And so there is this rhythm that he has put in that says we need to learn how to slow down. And so we're going to talk about Sabbath for a minute. And just as a recap, just a few things for you. First off, um, and by the way, I've, I've called this teaching Pause Pursue. I uh, want to give a plug to our uh, retreat that's coming up. But in a lot of ways, um, Sabbath is a time to pause. It's a time to pursue God. And it's a time to pause so that we can pursue throughout our week the times that God has called us to. But just a few things about Sabbath just by way of a recap. First off, Sabbath means to cease to rest or to stop. It's a Hebrew word. It means cease, rest, stop. And it means, we talked about this last week, that I am trusting through Sabbath that God is my provider and that I am not. Sabbath, it leads me toward gratitude and away from striving, and it's not a moral law, but it is woven into the fabric of creation. So what is Sabbath? Sabbath, uh, traditionally in the Bible, is six days of work and one day of rest. It's based on the fact that God created the earth in six days, and then on the seventh day, he rested. And so God's people throughout history have always said that, that we are going to go hard, we're gonna serve God for six days, but then one day every single week, we're gonna cease, we're gonna rest, and we're gonna stop, and we're gonna remind ourselves that God is the one who's in control. And so with that said, um, if you do have your Bibles and you're already there, Mark chapter one, but if you don't, I'm gonna put it on the screen. But, but I want to share a teaching quickly as we start from Jesus' life. And by the way, last week, and you can listen to it on the podcast, last week was really a big picture, what is the Sabbath? That was just a short recap. Uh, tonight, we're going to get really practical, and we're going to ask, you know, if you want to practice the Sabbath, and it's a beautiful gift from God, um, how, how do you do it? And, and so we'll be talking a little bit, but I want to share you a, a, a uh, a story from the life of Jesus. And this is not a story about the Sabbath, but I think it really illustrates the heartbeat of the Sabbath. So here it is, Mark chapter one, verse 35. It's one of my favorite stories about Jesus. And it says this, rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus departed and went out into a desolate place. Everybody say desolate place. A desolate place. And there he prayed. So here's a little bit of backstory. In Mark, Jesus has just been portrayed as having his first day of ministry. This is a very early moment in Jesus's ministry career. And in Mark, if you go back and read the story, he actually has a really incredibly busy day of ministry. Um, he calls some disciples and it says immediately he goes into the synagogue, which would have been like their church service, and he heals or casts out a demon there. Then immediately after that, he goes back to uh, his, uh, one of his disciples, Peter, their, his, his mother-in-law's house. He heals her. And then by that time, news has spread that there is this miracle worker, this healer who is, all, who is in town. And so every single person brings their sick, uh, their, their, their weary, the, those who have uh, demonic possession, and they bring them. And so Jesus all night does ministry. And so really what we're seeing is this first day of ministry, Jesus is incredibly busy. And so what we see is the next thing is, early in the morning, it's still dark, he leaves and he goes out into the wilderness and there he prays. And this is what we read in verse 36, next screen, it says, and Simon, that's one of his disciples, and those who were with him searched for him. And they found him and said to him, everyone is looking for you. Have you ever felt like that? 
Everybody's looking for you. Everybody has an agenda for your life. Everybody has an expectation for you. Everybody is telling you this is what you should do. This is what you should do. This is the assignment uh, that you have at school. This is the work responsibility that you have with your boss. These are the plans that your friends have made. These are the plans that your parents have for you. Everybody is looking for you. And he said to them, let us go to the next towns that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all of Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. A few things that we can learn about Sabbath, and like I said, this actual story does not take place on the Sabbath, but I really believe that it illustrates from the life of Jesus how he walked in this rhythm of doing great things for God and also resting. And so a few things, how Jesus rested, I have four thoughts quickly. First is this, that Jesus worked hard and he withdrew often. And so I think it's important to know, Jesus did work hard. Um, the Bible says in John chapter 21 that if, if you wrote down every single thing that Jesus did, that all the books in the entire world couldn't contain the acts. And so Jesus did a lot. Uh, Jesus was continually working. He was continually doing ministry. And there were times when even he was exhausted and he went away to, to pray, and yet still people found him, and he still had compassion and did ministry. So he worked really hard. And, and I think that, that when we're talking about rest, it is important to highlight this. Hard work does tire you out, but there is actually an energizing effect that happens when you're working hard and you're pouring your passion into something. And I think sometimes uh, we can be tired because we're working hard, but how many also know that when we're lazy, it actually makes us more lethargic sometimes. And so it's possible that the, the reason we're tired is not because we've been working hard. The reason we're tired is because we've kind of been lazy. We've kind of been procrastinating. We haven't been attacking what we're supposed to attack. And so therefore, we're kind of weary or we're tired or we're worn out. And I think sometimes uh, we are tempted to be like, man, I need Sabbath. And we all do need Sabbath. But sometimes the answer is not, I need more rest. Sometimes the answer is, Let's just get up and let's attack it and let's go for it and let's work hard because that's what we're called to do. And each of us have responsibilities. Each of us have things. And so uh, I'm not necessarily calling anybody out, but maybe that is something for you that you're kind of feeling lethargic or you're feeling like, oh, man, I'm overwhelmed. And, and all of us should take Sabbath, but also all of us should work hard. Hard work is not bad. But not only did Jesus work hard, but he also withdrew often. He took time to rest and to talk to his father. He took time to disconnect and hear what God had for him. So the first thing, Jesus worked hard and withdrew off. And number two, what we see from this passage is this, that Jesus built his life around intimacy with God. While he was on this earth, Jesus did a lot. But he based the rhythm of his life on hearing from God and walking with God. In fact, even think about this, that while he was on the cross, one of the things that he said is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's because at the cross, because of our sin, God had to turn his back on Jesus. But Jesus was so in tune with the presence of God that he was aware when God had turned his back on him. And so Jesus built his life around intimacy with God. Another one of my favorite scriptures about Jesus that's so beautiful and so challenging is, is this, Luke chapter 5, verse 15. It says, the news about Jesus spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him 
and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places to pray. And so what we actually see is the more Jesus got busy, the more Jesus got popular, the more he got famous, the more he withdrew to hear from his father and to spend time with his father. And I like to think about it like this. Um, in, in, in marriage, and, and I'm, I've been married to my wife, Katie, for uh, almost eight years now, and in marriage, um, there are two people, and both people have a different ideal pace of life. Um, and for, for my wife, she's an introvert, and so like her ideal like best-case scenario day it is going to be maybe one to two friends for a select time, uh, spending time with me, spending time on her own, um, and, and it's going to be a, a time of quiet. For me, um, I'm a little bit more of, a, of, an, intro, or of an extrovert, and so like I, my ideal day is going to be built around a lot more people. And, and so one of the things that uh, Katie and I have to do is we have to learn how to, to align our paces so that we can walk together. And this is the same even within marriage that when, when together her and I, because we love each other, we try to design part of our day around connecting with each other. And so for me, if I'm like, my goal is to connect with Katie, my goal is to, to reach her heart and do something that she loves to do, I'm not going to be like, okay, Katie, here's the deal. I booked us a tea time at the golf course at 7 a.m., so you're going to drive the golf cart, I'm going to play 18 holes of golf. Tommy's pumped about that. Wouldn't it be great, Tommy? Man, we can dream, can't we? Um, so, uh, and then after that, um, I, I invited the whole harbor over for a cookout, and we're going to host the entire harbor. We're going to be cooking the food. We're going to be connecting with people. It's going to be absolutely amazing. And then after that, we are going to go and watch a movie uh, for the evening. And then after that, like, we, I've got, like, some of our best friends, and we're all going to meet for, for coffee afterwards. Like, all these things are beautiful things. All these things are great things. All these things are lovely things. But if I'm trying to connect with Katie's heart, not that she would even not like any of those things. She would love all of those things. But I have to know and understand what would be the most meaningful thing for her. And so if you and I, if our goal is, man, we want to know God, we want to walk with God, then we want to know what is the pace that God walks. What are the things that he desires? Where does God want to meet us? And I want to tell you that God has designed a pace of life. And part of that pace is us pausing for one day a week. And so there's something about taking a Sabbath. There's something about resting that actually is us saying, God, I want to learn the pace that you're walking at. And so I want to walk with you. And so that's what we see is that Jesus, he built his life around intimacy with God. The third thing that we see, and this is a really, really interesting thing about this story. One of the things that I think about all the time is that the things that we expect to recharge us often drain us. And here's what I mean by that. Jesus has a very busy day, heals people, ministry, preaching, casting out demons, calling disciples. I mean, this is like a packed day of ministry. And so what I would expect this story to say is, the next day, Jesus slept late. And the next day, Jesus asked one of the people that he had taken the time to heal to make him breakfast. And the next day, Jesus did whatever the first century Judy, Judean version of going to a movie or like spending some time watching YouTube videos was. I don't really know what they did for leisure back then. Like maybe like kick some 
some rocks around or something. I don't know. I should probably learn that as a pastor. But, like, that's what I would think. <laughs> Clearly, I don't have that much. I was, like, thinking, like, maybe they went fishing, but, like, that was actually what they did to survive. Like, that was their job, you know? But that, you know, so that's what I would expect. But what we see is that Jesus does something that most of us would be like, man, thank goodness I have a day off. I can't wait to wake up early, go out into the wilderness, and spend time connecting with God. That's not what I would think would recharge me. But, but I think so often, maybe the things that we're naturally drawn to in our flesh aren't the things that always help us to recharge. I, I'm just going to give you an example from my life. Like, left to my own devices, and I'm not proud to admit this, but I would literally, if I was like, I have a day off, and I'm only doing what I feel like doing, I would literally watch TV for 16 hours and exclusively eat Oreos. And like, I'm not telling you, like, I'm not like proud of that fact. Um, that's why I've tried to develop discipline in my life over the years is because like, I hate that about myself. But like, I know that even if I feel like doing that, like at the end of those 16 hours, wouldn't be proud of myself and I wouldn't feel recharged. And in fact, I would feel better doing some things that I don't feel like doing in the moment. And so sometimes the thing we expect to recharge us often drains us. And then this is the, the last thing that I see from this scripture, and it's this, that vision, clarity, and the ability to say no come from the desolate place. And so one of the things that I think we see about Sabbath is that Sabbath is this weekly opportunity for us to pause, to disconnect, and to seek God's heart for our life. And Jesus literally had a situation where everyone in town was looking for him. He had a situation where everyone desired for a specific thing from him, but he had an opportunity to, to say, God, I'm not interested in what everyone in Capernaum wants from me. I'm not interested in what they are, are thinking about for me, but I'm interested in what you want. And what you've called me to do is to leave this town and go to other towns to, hear, to minister. So he was able to gain heaven's perspective on his calling. And so this is what we see, and this is the value of the Sabbath. Now, I want to share this with you, and this is, again, a bit of a recap from last week, but I think it's something that's really important and really uh, vital to us as we understand Sabbath. You can write it down. It's this, that Sabbath isn't about keeping strict rules. It's about discovering wise rhythms. It's not about keeping strict rules. It's about discovering wise rhythms. And so there is a little bit of a paradox when we think about the Sabbath. A paradox is something that seemingly is, uh, is opposing each other, even though it's true. They're both true. And, and so we, we talked last week and we learned that Sabbath is not like a moral law. There, there are things that are moral laws. Like as Christians, we can't be like, occasionally I murder someone and God's cool with it, you know? As Christians, like, there's never gonna be a time where I'm like, you know, like, today I just decided to commit adultery on my wife, but, you know, there's grace. It's like 95% of the time I feel like is a good statistic, right? Like, no, that's not, that's not the case. That's breaking God's moral law. Uh, there, there's not a moral law about the Sabbath, and, and we learned that last year, that, that because we're in Christ, Christ is our Sabbath rest, and so we, a Sabbath is not an obligation. Sabbath is an invitation. And so also, even with Sabbath, there's not a specific day to keep Sabbath. There's not a specific way to keep Sabbath. Some people would say, no screens. 
Some people would say no TV. Some people would say no technology. Some people would say no email. And, and that's fine if you want to include that. But there's not specific rules regimented and given to you. This is exactly how you have to keep Sabbath. So it's not about strict rules. But we also see that Sabbath is not do whatever you want and just do whatever feels good to you. That's called a day off. And that is okay. It's good to have a day off. It's good to practice self-care. It's good to do things that we enjoy doing. But there is actually a different reason for Sabbath, and there's a different thing that God designed. Sabbath is not a day off. Sabbath is not a self-care day. Sabbath is about pausing. It's about ceasing from our striving. It's about resting and worshiping God. And so there aren't strict rules, but there are practical, wise things that we can build into a Sabbath. Even as we were talking about this um, in our team meeting on Monday, Amanda brought up the verse in 1 Corinthians, and I'll put it on the screen, that says this, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. And so what we see is that in Christ, there is a tremendous amount of freedom for what we do, but we are invited to mature in our Christian walk and to choose the wisest things and the most helpful things for us to build us up and to build up our community. And so even for me personally, I'll just share a little bit of my story with the Sabbath. Um, I really never thought about or really practiced Sabbath up until a few years ago. And even early on as I was leading the harbor, um, this would be kind of the rhythm of my week. That, that, the, that I, the harbor would come every Thursday, and so on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I would be gearing up for it. I would be preparing. I would be uh, prepping and, and thinking about it and praying and studying, and then I would just pour my heart out and, and preach and, and just pour my heart into this night, and then I would almost have this, like, giant emotional crash, and it would take me, like, three days of just, like, to recover because I was just, like, so emotionally wiped after, like, this moment. And so I started to realize kind of this principle that I just talked about that, man, the things that I'm trying to do to recharge, like watching um, TV for 16 hours a day and eating Oreos, like they're not recharging me. They're not refueling me. And so something's off here. Why, 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 why am I feeling off? And so I started learning about the Sabbath and I started learning about practicing things that would actually fulfill me and fill up my soul. And so I started slowly implementing those things into my life. And even last year, um, as I started a, a new job here at the church, added new responsibilities, um, in a lot of ways, I, I did, was able to practice the Sabbath and, and feel very rested and refreshed despite having a lot going on. Um, but what was interesting was last year, my Sabbath was basically from like Friday at 1 p.m. to like Saturday at 1 p.m. So it was like a 24-hour period, and it was over two days. And so one of the things that was cool about that was that um, I mean, I did have a Sabbath, so that was a good thing. But what, a couple negatives that came out of that was I realized, A, I'm never having like a full day off. Like I'm never having like a, from the time I go to bed at night until the time I go to bed the next night, like I'm not having to work. Like every day was work, even though there was like a 24-hour block built in where I wasn't working. So that was kind of a negative. And then the other thing I was realizing was that um, my, my son, which my seven-month-old doesn't really know, but my son who was two and a half, was never seeing me on a day when I wasn't going to work. So I was like, I don't like that. Like, I want to have a day where it's like just me with my family. So actually, I switched my schedule this year, and starting tomorrow for the very first time, I'm having a full Friday off. So I'm off in like 
30 minutes as soon as I finish this. I'm, I'm done. I'm just kidding. But um, no, so I'm really excited about that. And like, it was funny. I told Isaiah, I was like, hey, all of today, it's Friday. It's going to be a bros day. And he's like, yeah, he's like pumped about it. He's so stoked. He's like, we're going to Chick-fil-A. And I was like, I didn't know we were, but I guess we are now. So um, so that, that's, that's where I'm at. Like there was freedom in all that. It wasn't like last year I was sinning. But that there's freedom for me to say, what is the wisest thing for my family? What is the wisest thing for, for our rhythm together? And so I just want to write down, and this is the next part of this message. We're just going to get really practical. And I'm just going to share some very, very practical things for you. Uh, some from my life, but a lot from some other resources about the Sabbath. So the first thing is this. I'm just going to share with you my Sabbath rhythm, or really, I should say, my Sabbath goals. Okay, and uh, it's a cheesy acronym. The acronym is REST, okay? I thought that's pretty cool. I was like really proud of myself for coming up with the acronym of REST. But for me, these were things that help me to rest and that help refuel me and recharge me. So the first thing is read. And so I try to read scripture and then I try to read a book. Those are things that like for me, uh, sometimes I don't feel like them in the moment, but then I'm energized and I'm refueled afterwards. Eat. I think a big thing of the Sabbath is eating good food, and so I try to eat good food. And by that, I mean actual tasty food, not like spinach and broccoli. The Sabbath is a sweet day, so you should eat sweets. Sweat. Um, I try to, to do something to break a sweat. Work out, go on a walk, play golf, something that is like going to help me perspire. Because, again, when we sweat, when we exert physically, that releases uh, chemicals in our body and, 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 and things in our body that help us to feel better and help us feel rejuvenated. And then talk. I try to talk to Jesus, I try to talk to Katie, I try to talk to my friends, talk to people who are gonna encourage me in my faith. So that's just my little thing. And again, I'm not um, like super religious, like I have to get all of these every single time. I would say there may never be a Sabbath where I have hit all of these. But, but it's just some things that I know, man, these are things that are gonna help refuel me. These are gonna be some things that help encourage me in my walk. Now, I want to share with you um, a resource, um, and I'm going to open this, this next part because this is the really, really practical section uh, with a quote from John Mark Comer. And he says this about Sabbath. He says, Sabbath is a full day every week to set aside, to stop, rest, delight, and worship. John Mark Comer uh, was a pastor. Now he is a writer and a thinker, and he um, is really passionate about spiritual formation and discipleship and the spiritual disciplines. And so he's done a lot of research, teaching, and leading on the Sabbath. And so uh, there's a beautiful resource, and I'll put up the website if you want to take a picture or copy it down. It's called practicingtheway.org. That is his nonprofit. And he writes and has a beautiful podcast on the Sabbath. It's a four-part podcast, as well as an entire website with an actual digital guidebook that goes super, super, super deep into the podcast or into the concept of Sabbath. Basically, the entire rest of my teaching, uh, which is just a few more points is literally ex taken exactly from him. And so there are no original ideas from Brian. From here on out, if you're like, this is really good, I just copied it and, and, and didn't come up with it on my own at all. So I just want you to know that. Um, but practicing the way, remember what John Mark said. He said there's four elements of Sabbath. Stop, rest, delight, and worship. And so let's look at each one. First off, stop. The idea of Sabbath is to pause, the idea is to say, I am ceasing from all of my activities. And so practically what he encourages us to do is to pick a time to Sabbath and to give it a try. 
Uh, you could pick uh, one consistent day during the week. If you have, like, if you know you're working from Monday to Friday, then probably a Saturday or a Sunday is a good thing. Uh, some of you have flexible times, but he also encourages if you want to practice and you don't feel like I can do an entire day, then start with just a three to four hour block and see, I want to be consistent with that. But, but I, I do think, one thing that I think about with Sabbath, and I think this idea of stop is extremely beautiful. Um, has anyone ever seen the movie What About Bob? Yes? Like, raise your hand. Show me, show me if you've seen it. A few people. Okay. It's like a sailor family uh, favorite. Uh, so you two will know what I'm talking about. It's phenomenal. And it's about this guy who has all sorts of like mental and emotional problems. And he goes to see a really terrible psychiatrist, but the psychiatrist gives him a, a prescription and the prescription just says a vacation from your problems. Take a vacation from your problems. And so he walks around and he's like, I'm taking a vacation from my problems. Well, in a lot of ways, as silly as that sounds, that is actually what a Sabbath is. Because each and every single day, you and I, we have stress, we have anxiety, we have fears, we have things that we that people put expectations on us and we have things that we put on ourselves and we have obligations and to-do lists and all of these things. And literally what God designed the Sabbath to be is a day where you say, today is not the day where I'm going to worry about that. Because remember, Sabbath is about trusting that God is still at work, God is still on the throne when I am not. And so as Christians, yes, we do want to uh, do to be responsible. We do want to step into commitments. We do want to serve and we want to uh, be great citizens and we want to be great family members. But Sabbath is a day to say, listen, I'm not the one who's on the throne. I'm not the one who's causing this world to turn around. And so I get to take a vacation from my problems today. If Even there's times where I'm anxious about things. I'm anxious about the church or I'm anxious about my family or I'm anxious about something. And, and on Sabbath, it's literally a day where I can tell myself like, listen, you're not getting paid to worry about the church today. You get a chance to just worry, just stop and just relax. I'm allowed to relax today. It's, it's actually not irresponsible for me to relax today because this is Sabbath. This is the day to stop. So we're called to stop. Uh, the, the other thing that's important about this is that that stopping will look different for different people. Uh, for some people like me, I'm a pastor. A lot of what I do is in my mind and on a computer and talking to people. And so like, I don't, I don't have very much manual labor with my job. And so for me, like mowing the lawn is like very restful. I enjoy mowing the lawn. If you are a landscaper, probably mowing the lawn is not gonna be stopping for you. And so it's gonna look different even with each and every single profession. So the first thing is stop. The second thing is rest, rest. Now, one of the things that, um, that John Mark Comer encourages, and I think it's really interesting, is that to rest, he encourages us to pick one to three cultural forces to say no to on the Sabbath. And he lists these things here, phone, social media, internet, TV, entertainment, shopping, social obligations, sports, weekend work, chores, and errands. Now, personally, like the three that just jump out to me is weekend work, chores, and errands. Easy to say no to. But I'm joking about that, obviously. But here's why he says this. Because it sounds like a little bit weird to say, like, okay, like, here's all of these things that maybe are good things or are fine things. I thought Sabbath wasn't about legalism. Why do we have to stop these things? Well, it's important for us to remember that in this world, there are many, many cultural forces that are trying to disciple us. 
Jesus is not the only one trying to disciple us. We as a church are not the only one inviting you into discipleship. Your phone is trying to disciple you. Millions upon millions of marketing agencies are trying to disciple you. There are many people who have an agenda for your life. And even just as you look up at this list, you hear messages like pleasure is king. You hear messages like you deserve to be gratified instantly. You hear messages like you deserve to be entertained at all times. We demand your attention. Your value is based on what you buy, who you hang out with, your social status, all of these things. And so when we say, I'm actually picking a way to stop that, we're actually telling ourselves and reminding ourselves through our bodies, this is not the way that I'm walking as a follower of Christ. And so for you and for I, part of Sabbath can be saying, I'm gonna deny myself of something that's trying to form me against the things of God because I wanna set up a day where I'm pausing those things to focus more of my heart and more of my attention on the things of God. Now, if that sounds harsh, then I do have good news for you. That the next part of Sabbath is my favorite part of Sabbath, and it is the word delight. Delight. So we have stop, we have rest, and we have delight. Here's what Timothy Keller, a pastor and theologian, says. He says, because our world is full of ugly things, we need the Sabbath to feed our souls with beauty. Now, when we think about the word delight, delight is maybe not something that some of us associate with the Sabbath. Um, I did so good reaching so many of you with my What About Bob reference. I'm going to try another cultural reference. Any Little House on the Prairie fans here? Come on, some people who read Little House on the Prairie? Okay, so again, just really resonating with this audience with my cultural references. Really glad I'm in touch with what's going on. Little House on the Prairie, it's like this book about uh, like some, a family who grew up in like the 1700s in a log cabin. And they were religious, and so every day, every week, they celebrated the Sabbath, and the rules for the Sabbath were, uh, Pa sits in his chair and reads the Bible all afternoon, and the kids sit on the ground, and they do nothing. They're complete silence. That's the rule. That was what I first learned about the Sabbath. I was like, wow, Sabbath sounds horrible. And maybe you, you're, maybe you heard something like that, or maybe you thought, okay, like, Sabbath is just a day when you have to read your Bible all day. No, Sabbath is actually a day where you are supposed to delight in God's creation. And you're supposed to enjoy God's creation. Sabbath, uh, in fact, the Hebrews, they would uh, begin Sabbath by giving a drop of honey on the lips of the children because they wanted them to know that Sabbath was a sweet day. And so here's a few ways that you uh, can practice delight. Number one is plan a Sabbath feast. A Sabbath feast is simply just having a day where together with people in your community, you invite people together to eat good food, to, to express your gratitude and celebration to God, and to just worship God together, uh, eating great food, having dessert together. And so you can plan a Sabbath feast. Another part of a Sabbath feast is practicing hospitality, inviting people to that Sabbath feast that you wouldn't normally spend time with or maybe that are rejected or maybe don't have a place uh, to eat a Sabbath feast with other community. And so looking for others as well. But then uh, this other one, and this is really, really um, uh, exciting, is plan a Sabbath feast. The other part is what John Mark Comer and his team calls pleasure stacking. How many people are pumped about that? Like, sounds like the best point that has ever been given at the harbor, pleasure stacking. Basically, the idea is that you find things that you love to do, 
that awaken your soul with delight and joy, and you practice doing those on the Sabbath. Now, here's what I would encourage you to do when you think about pleasure stacking. When you're thinking about this, don't think about a donut, think about steak, okay? Like it's easier to get a donut, it's easier to eat a donut, uh, you don't have to do any work to cook a donut, but there's something much more uh, rich and, and enjoyable about eating a good steak, at least for me. Maybe if you're a vegetarian, not so much. But like, just an example is like, I have a game, a game on my phone called Soccer Star. You like flick the, the thing and you score goals. Like, that, like, it's fun. Like, I like doing it. But like, I'm gonna have more joy and pleasure from going on a walk in nature. And so it's that idea. It's being thoughtful and saying, what is gonna really truly bring my soul delight? Now, um, they actually have like a list of like 18 things that they wrote down that are, I'm gonna put up on the screen here and you'll see, these are some things that they suggest. Make pancakes, play music, get coffee with your best friend. If you're married, make love to your spouse. Uh, by the way, if you have a spouse like I do that loves coffee and they're your best friend, you could do those two things like, you know, in sequential order with each other. Just saying hypothetically, not speaking from experience. Excited about my Sabbath tomorrow, you know? <laughs> Anyways, take a walk, nap, eat delicious food. Do your favorite self-care activity. Call a friend or family member. Go fishing, surfing, swimming, be in nature. Watch the sunrise or set. Make a fire, read fiction or poetry, sing, go to an art museum, go on a picnic in a beautiful park, play a game. So again, what you're seeing here is this theme that it's like, man, we're wanting to connect with things that we love but we're also wanting to be thoughtful about the things that we love and saying, man, what are the things that really truly bring me rest and make my soul come alive? And then the last thing is this, um, worship. So stop, rest, delight, and worship. And so just a few things that I wrote down, reading scripture, going on a prayer walk, worshiping at church or community. Maybe for many of you, um, Sabbath would be on a Sunday and it would be part of your weekly rhythm to worship in church. For me, I work on Sunday, so that's not going to be necessarily a day of rest for me. But uh, for many of you, that could be the day of rest. But part of it should be saying, God, my goal is not only to enjoy this day, but also to connect and to worship you as well. Now, um, as we close, um, I just wanna encourage you with this. Sabbath, once again, is an invitation. It's not an obligation, but it is something that God has woven into the universe's fabric. From the very beginning, this is how he designed it. And so I really believe that you and I, uh, when we start to practice this, I believe that there will be a blessing that comes with it. Um, we talk about this with tithe. Uh, with the tithe, we say it's, it's, again, not an obligation, but we believe that, that when a follower of Jesus trusts God with their money, that God actually can do more with 90% of your money than you can do with 100% of your money. And we believe that God, when you trust God with that 10%, that, that there is a blessing that comes with the other 90%. And I truly believe the same thing with Sabbath, that when we say, God, I do wanna trust you with this, that there is a blessing that comes with it, but there's also a tremendous amount of freedom that comes with it. So. Here's the deal, the, the rest is really up to you. Um, start to implement this, start to pray about this, start to talk about this with your community. If you're in a community group, you guys discuss how you can rest and pause and delight and worship uh, God together. 
and start to really see, God, what do we want to do as a community? With that being said, I want to invite uh, the worship team to come back up. And as they're coming back up, uh, I want us to bow our heads and pray. God, we thank you for the beautiful gift of the Sabbath. And God, I was just thinking about the fact that as if, we, if there are people in here who are Christians, who are followers of Jesus, it's crazy to think that, that you've designed this so that one day we do get a day to pause and to rest. And maybe if there are people in here who are not Christians, who are, who are confused about faith, I just pray that tonight would have been a night where we gained clarity on something that maybe was confusing, something that maybe we once thought was oppressive. And, and God, I pray that, that tonight would be a night where we would understand just your goodness and your kindness and the invitation that you have to us. Lord, I pray that, yes, we would enjoy Sabbath, we would delight in Sabbath, but at the same time, I, I pray that the most important thing would be that, you, that, that every single person in here would say, God, that, that I wanna that I want to know you, that I want to walk with you, that I want to treasure you. And Sabbath is just another invitation to do that. Thank you for this community. I pray that you would continue to work and move in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks so much for spending time with us. If you'd like to know more about The Harbor, please follow us on Instagram at wearetheharbor. Also, if you need prayer, feel free to send us a DM. Otherwise, tune in next time.